But there's a lot of airspace to cover for Milrow. Still looking. Firing. Near corner. It's caught! Touchdown, Alabama! Isaiah Bond! On a fourth and a mile! 31 yards. Touchdown, tied. Three tight ends out there again. They fake it to Beck. Stroud's got some room. Touchdown! And the Texans tie it up. It's the faceoff back to Darnell Nurse. A bullet down the middle. Breakaway, Nugent Hopkins. He scores! 3-2 Edmonton with its first lead. And the Oilers have gotten a dose all for three goals on four shots. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. Here we go, Saul 59 for November 27th. Still super temperatures in the city of Champions. Going to get a little chillier, though, as the week progresses. Uh, winter's finally kind of coming its way. So uh, the Oilers are finally kind of coming their way, aren't they? After two big wins over the American Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, Friday, very solid performance, obviously, in Washington. And then last night, a total blowout uh, after a bit of a slow start against Anaheim. But uh, the Oilers turned it up a notch and really not much of a opponent match the Ducks are. Uh, the Duke of Delburn, your Ducks, how how could they even have won nine games this year? That's that's surprising after seeing that. That's six losses in a row. It was just a bit of a good run, I guess, they were on. It, with but, each game that continues to pass, I question more and more how they have accumulated <laughs> nine wins thus far. Uh, no, they're, they're still a, a, yeah. a, you know, a young team and uh, off to a good start. I mean, it was I was listening to the game on my way down to the Drake uh, yeah. the first period, and it kind of seemed like it was going to be last shot wins for a little bit there, but the uh, Oilers kind of settled things down, and uh, Stuart Skinner came up with some saves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, that was all she wrote. Uh, like you said, not much of a contest <laughs> last night. I, so. I called it the, the Getty Lee game. Uh, the first about nine goals were scored off the rush, it seemed, because mm-hmm. they were just flying every, you know, the, especially the Oilers on, uh, you know, a couple of long stretch passes, long passes. Uh, Darnell Nurse had uh, three of them, really, when you when you think about it. Darnell Nurse had a heck of a game last night, plus three, uh, three helpers. The, the one pass to Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the third goal, just an absolute dandy. A set play from the draw. Connor McDavid wins the draw. Uh, beautiful kind of vision. And, you know, good on Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He bolted right after the draw win. He goes, this is our play, man. If uh, Darnell Nurse can get the puck to me, and he certainly did. What a bullet pass. And then, uh, you know, put on your surprise face. Uh, Nugent Hopkins goes uh, kind of low blocker side-ish uh, on Lucas Dostal, who got, uh, he was just besieged, got yanked after six goals, after uh, the sixth goal in the second period. But, Connor McDavid, uh, outstanding game, uh, second straight uh, game. He uh, one goal, four assists last night, five-point game. So that's his ninth career five-point game. Had uh, four points against Washington on Friday. So nine points uh, in the last two games. So, I mean, the Oilers uh, really kind of, and they laid off the gas too in the third period. Darnell Nurse played 25-10. The only reason he played 25-10 is because the Oilers had a couple of power plays in the third period where the second unit power play started both of them and and uh, basically Nurse was on the ice for 
I, you could probably count it three or four extra minutes, but those are very low, low, low minutes. And uh, Oilers win at 8 2. Uh, so improved to 7 12 and 1. Ducks fall to 9 and 12. Oilers power play was 2 for 8. Again, that second unit got one in the. In the uh, third period, the PK, perfect again after uh, the same kind of effort in Washington. Three kills uh, last night against the Ducks. So, here we go. The bullets kind of start flying tomorrow night, don't they? The real bullets. Vegas in town. Now, the Golden Knights are off of, uh, they'll be on a back-to-back. So, Vegas is in Calgary tonight. So, maybe that softens them up a little bit. But, you know what? There's got to be... A little bit of hatred going on here into this game. A lot of, you know what, like we owe you guys one. That has to be the mentality coming from the Oilers locker room going into the Golden Knights tomorrow. 4-2 in the series last year, and the series was 2-2, remember? I mean, it was it was like neck and neck before, the, before game five. I mean, this was anybody's series. But the Oilers had two big lapses. They had two big lapses in that series. In Game 5, gave up three goals in the second period. And then in Game 6, three goals in the second period as well. All of them, I think, by Jonathan Marcheseau had a hat trick. And that was basically done and done. Uh, so the uh, Oilers lose four games to two to Vegas. You tack on the Alex Petrangelo tomahawk chop on Leon Dreisaitl. So, yeah, you know what? Let's get a little hatred going on for the Vegas Golden Knights coming into the into your barn tomorrow. Text coming in, 1-833-401-1440. 1-833-401-1440. Uh, Duke, you mentioned you were on uh, on your way to the Drake listening to the game uh, for your uh, your weekly Sunday night tilt for the uh, Tropicana Orange Men or whatever. <laughs> What's the team name? Yeah, pretty close, just uh, the Tropics. Oh, yeah, Tropics. Tropics. Yeah. Trops go crazy. Uh, yeah, we lost again last night. Uh, another tough outing. I was not the. Um, it's the not as bad. Not as bad as last week, where I was uh, happy to fall on the, the sword for the team based on my uh, lackluster performance. And I was far from great last night. But uh, yeah, just uh, we were up against a good team. A short. I don't know if they pulled some subs, um, last minute ones from even like the game that was playing before us because they had a short bench, a couple guys with uh, jerseys not matching up. Which is you're allowed to have. Subs. What was the score last night? I think the final ended up seven to. Four. Your, what was your plus minus, Duke? Mm, I had a couple dashes for <laughs> sure, uh, but I was out there for a few four as well. So I probably came out minus one or two. I think when it was all said. And done. You, you know when you're when you when you score eight goals like the Oilers did last night, two of them on the power play. So uh, you got a half dozen goals where you're getting the dash or the the plus sign. Um, yeah, at the end of the night, you kind of go, oh, so you're, you know, Warren Fogle and, and Ryan McLeod minus one. And you go, mm. you just kind of go, oh, that just, that doesn't feel good. It, it doesn't feel right. It, you it's, know? it's a tough it's like stat a, to have at the end of the night when, like you said, your team put <laughs> yeah. up eight goals. And yes, there's some power play ones mixed in there, but still. Cody CC minus one too, but he took the puck to the face and missed <laughs> a lot of time. Oh, that's, you take those to the chicklets. It's just not a lot of fun, but. Yeah, minus one, and you go, and then, you know, some guys are plus three, plus four. It's point night, you know, Connor's got five, and here I am looking at the sheet after it, and minus one. Uh, Darnell Nurse, again, plus three, three assists, 25-10. Cam Fowler was minus five last night. Tough night for my boy yeah. out there, yeah. I mean, any, it's a, it's an interesting situation with the Ducks because they 
as I said, a very young team, both up front and on the back end with a, a couple rookies, um, Jackson Lacombe playing on the top mm-hmm. pair with Cam Fowler. Uh, and a, those first couple goals, the stretch passes, it was um, Lacombe that was the one caught up ice uh, a yeah. couple times, leaving Fowler back to defend the three-on-one. Uh, then the great pass by Darnell Nurse. I mean, sometimes you, you can't defend good mm-hmm. uh, sometimes, which is what that was. And But yeah, uh, it's... I, I've said it to, as we talked about the Ducks' good start. I mean, I did not expect it to last, and now we are, we are seeing that in full flight right now. And now you're um, bu- as my Texans are also kind of on the oh, uh, on the run here. Yeah, they too. they had a chance though. They had yeah, a chance they, they, the, the, to get it Fair, to overtime. Jamie Fairbairn has actually been yeah. quietly one of the most consistent kickers in the NFL over the past couple of seasons. There without him, uh, they played that one game without a kicker. Yeah. Mostly, yeah, they're running third string running back kicking some field goal or a field goal I should say and then they bring in Matt Amendola and uh, yeah a couple misses yesterday went most, off the bar most right? notably the one to tie the game off the crossbar 58 yarder yeah uh, Amendola now in his career yet to make a 50 a field goal over he 50 never yards. even tried anything like remotely close to 58 yards before I don't think did he well he's never made one over 50 that's what I mean yes. but like like 58 everyone's going wow holy cow okay, yeah you know if it's 52 I mean yeah we, we can't all be a Jake Elliott drilling uh whatever 59 yarders through the rain and wind. So. And had another 10 yards to spare. Yeah, oh, and like just a line drive. <laughs> I never even right got to the, the top of the goalpost. <laughs> no, thing. just a pure pure line drive kick. So, yeah, an interesting day of uh, NFL talk, which I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get to a little bit later on in the program. But, yeah, right at top of mind with everybody is uh, the Oilers offense kind of getting, uh, getting the gears going here with the back-to-back outings of five and eight goals. So, nice to see for the Oil. Mm-hmm. Text coming in, one 401 Stair Farmer, good morning. Was glad to see the team fight hard and come back. Let's hope that they keep that play going. Going against Vegas, yes. Again, the real bullets start flying tomorrow. Uh, Vegas, I mean, LA is just playing so well again on the road, nine and zero on the road. But Vegas still leading the Pacific. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what shakes down tomorrow. And your buddy Duke, uh, Dallas Aikens, heading off to Germany. GM coach of the in the Dell Mannheim, the Adler Mannheim Eagles. Uh, you know. I always think of the what well, a lot of people talk about when Dallas was here. I mean, he was a nice guy. Still, I mean, he's a nice guy. There's no no denying that. But he just there were so many things that happened here when he was. It's ten years already. Twenty thirteen is when he got hired. So it's ten years when Dallas Aikens was head coach of the Oilers and obviously fired the second season. If you have a chance, and I don't even know if it's on the old interweb anymore, but. So he gets fired, and for some reason, he ha- he holds a news conference. Dallas Akins holds a news conference, and it was a long news conference. It went on forever because Dallas was never in front of the media here. I think he shortened things up as he moved on to Anaheim when he was coach of the Ducks. But I think he really shortened up his answers in Anaheim. But here he was long-winded, man. He would go on and on and on and talk about things and just he had two three minute answers anyway one of the questions was uh you know where are the orders going now you're not here anymore but where are they going now well craig mctavish was the gm back then and i would say six times during the interview uh, process where he was getting asked questions at least six times uh dallas's answer was craig's on it craig's on it well, Craig's on it. So whatever, like, what, what, do, what, do, what do you think of the state of the d- defense right now? Well, Craig's on it. So Rob Tichkowski from the Edmonton Sun went back into the room with a camera back then because that's when I think it was called. They were trying to, you know, the papers were trying to do video and because no one's reading the papers, yada, yada. Anyway, 
Tichkowski, he starts asking, re-asks that when no one's there. So but the, the, just the camera's on him. And he goes on about certain things, certain questions and whatever. And then they'd cut to Dallas and it would be Craig's on it. And then one of the questions was from Tichkowski, he says, uh, there's a little white pony outside. And I was wondering, and then they cut to, to Dallas. And Craig's on it. And, and then they cut back to Tichkowski and he goes, well, I know he's on it now. Like, when he's not on it anymore, can I go for a ride? No, Craig's on it. Uh, there, there was two or three other ones. It was quite quite funny. Uh, the rig. <laughs> the rig chimes in. Speaking of tomahawk chops, how did Truba not get suspended for that job? No idea. I mean, uh, no clue. How he, uh, it's just, it, uh, no one even can figure that out. Um, <laughs> the other thing too, I mean, Darnell Nurse was suspended one game last year, I guess, at the same time as as um, as Petrangelo. It should have either been one for Petrangelo, none for Nurse, or two for Petrangelo, one for Nurse. He, they couldn't even that up. That was another bad move by the NHL. But again, yeah, I have no clue. No one knows why. I mean, maybe they're saying that he was losing his balance or something. As far as Truba, that's but that's crazy and a good point by the rig. Uh, Duke, I don't get, catch this one by the Kevlar. Now for the real news. CM Punk and Randy Orton coming back for a Survivor Series. That's what, WWE? The, yeah, that's uh, that's pro wrestling. I, I don't keep up with pro wrestling, so if this news came across um, on the didn't main wire, it. I haven't caught it yet. Uh, I'll have to do some digging here and see. But yeah, I, I didn't grow up watching wrestling or anything, so even kind of all these big names from the, the 90s and 2000s, they're not really on my radar. I know who they are. I know Randy Orton. I, I, I know, yeah. said I know the names, but like the storylines, um, ins and outs, and who's who's active, who's not. That's not really uh, in my wheelhouse, so I'll uh, I'll have to apologize, Kevlar, that if this is what you're deeming as the uh, the real news the real here on Monday morning, news. I missed it. My apologies. Send us a text one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty with the real news. A couple other football notes wanted to mention. Uh, it was a good game for Chuba Hubbard from Sherwood Park at forty five yards rushing and a touchdown for the Carolina Panthers. He also had forty seven receiving yards. Panthers still lost, but. Uh, where what do they what happens with Chuba Hubbard moving forward? I mean, now he goes into the the next year of his contract where he has had his three year rookie deal. It's uh, a situation where he's not a great big back, right? Like he's but he can handle the third down stuff. He's he he can handle running between the tackles. He can do all that. But is he he's not he's not your bell cow back. You put him in a complementary position with someone else. It's uh, you know, a little different, maybe a little bigger, a little bit more of a bruiser. I think you could have something going there. And high school football, tier two uh, final. Uh, congrats to the Austin O'Brien Crusaders. Beat Cochran 7-3 on Friday night, I believe it was. Yeah, 7-3. OAB wins the provincial tier two final, uh, beating Cochran 7-3. So congrats uh, to uh, the crew. We got a big show coming up, Duke. Uh, 7.20 right after the break. Sean Brown, the former NHLer, will uh, check in. Uh, we'll dissect last night's game. Lorianne Munzer, uh, Olympic gold medalist, our co-host Mondays on uh, Sports 1440 here. Uh, from 8 to 10, she'll uh, check in in the studio. A little late for uh, the monster. Normally she's in here in one of the, you know, just under the cones of silence. The Maxwell Smart, get, get smart cones of silence. 
doing a lot of work. But uh, Mark Spector at 8 o'clock, uh, we will go in or out with uh, the Monster at 840. Uh, looking forward to a couple great guests in the 9 o'clock hour. Cassie Campbell Pascal from Hockey Night in Canada and Chris Cook. We've had him in the studio. Just got back from Philadelphia. Marathon on his longboard. Uh, if you want to check out the website, if I can, .ca, Chris Cook, check it out. Uh, you will be amazed at this guy. This guy is truly, truly remarkable. And then Matthew Collar, uh, Purple Insider, I guess to tee up the Monday night football game between the uh, Minnesota Vikings and Chicago Bears. When we come back, Sean Brown, the former Edmonton Oiler and former NHLer, is our guest on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the Puck Report, brought to you by Fountain Tire. Right now, during the road-ready sales event, you can save up to $225 on select tires and a bonus of $50 off any service until December the 16th. Book your appointment at FountainTire.com. Some restrictions do apply as we welcome in former Edmonton Oiler and NHLer, Sean Brown. Good morning, Brownie. Good morning, Kevin. Oh, it's always good. To, this is the first time we've talked, Brownie, where, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, a, a terrible loss or something like that. It's actually on the <laughs> heels of two wins. What are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was uh, that was quite the game last night. I was actually there with my uh, wife. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to see the Oilers get um, get two wins in a row here. I think it's obviously important. Obviously, you got a big... A big game coming up here tomorrow or uh, against uh, Vegas there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was nice. Lots of good things. Uh, the guys should be feeling pretty confident and good about themselves. It was nice to see a bunch of guys get on the board. Yeah, when you look at the, the game as a whole last night, Brownie, you know, there are certain parts of it or certain uh, aspects that maybe impressed you more about uh, last night's victory than, uh, than what we've seen, I guess, in the last couple of uh, performances? Yeah, I just I think you know what confidence is a big thing, especially when you don't have it. We can see, you know, what kind of zaps makes everyone doesn't make that. No one looks good, and uh, you know, for me, just watching up top there yesterday, I think their execution um, was obviously better. Um, it, was, it was nothing major. It was just to me, it was a lot of the execution or lack of, uh, you know, on simple plays off a of face off mm-hmm. certain assignments. Uh, they just they look sharper, and you know, to credit to them, that was probably. You know, they got off to a little bit of a slow start, but once they got going and got a little their mojo going, uh, you know, it was it was a good win. I think obviously Stewart played well in that. Uh, you know, the, the nice thing for me to see uh, after the game was in the interviews and, and mm-hmm. see the smiles back on the face. Right? I mean, it probably wasn't an easy environment for for those guys or for you guys to be in the yeah. dressing room. You know, these guys put a lot of pressure on themselves, and uh, you could see it in their faces and. In, the, in their comments, and you know, so that was that was really nice sitting there watching, you know, their interviews. They had a they had a little bit of, you know, yeah. some looked like they were having fun. Yeah, you're exactly right on that, Brownie. And especially even go back after the Washington game. You know, you saw the the power play goal that Leon Drysaddle scored, and they're pointing to the bench, right? Because that's the Connor Brown said that this was a play, and then Leon was asked about it after. But again. When things are going so bad, it's just tough to get out of that rut, and they finally seem to have right now. But your point to confidence, it's so hard to to get it back when you lose it. But once you have it, man, if you can hang on to it for a long, long time, that's what gets you going on runs, and that's what this team needs right now. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, they, you know, obviously the start wasn't, obviously we all know the start that they're, you know, what they're dealing with, and, 
you know, I think now, you know, you're definitely in a situation where they're working their way out of it. And through that adversity, I think, you know, they're going to appreciate it now. And Mm -hmm. um, because that, that wasn't a good spot for any, you know, a good place for any of them. Um, and so now that appreciation for, for what they're kind of putting together right now, I think is, is going to help them, you know, moving forward uh, with, you know, their, their approach in practice their approach in, in, in the game. Um, because nobody, it's, you know, nobody wants that feeling, you know, those, those guys obviously, you know, were struggling and, you know, they don't, nobody wants to be in that situation they're highly highly competitive guys so as much as it was frustrating the fans but you know it was obviously taking a toll on those guys as well so um yeah it's uh it's not an easy game it's not it's definitely not an easy league every every game is tough um and you say they have a they're gonna have a real good test against vegas who you know plays a really good solid you know, team game. Um, they're really good at the little details and in all areas of the ice. And, you know, this, this is going to be a good uh, test. I think McDavid talked about it in one of his interviews last night, just it's kind of a little bit of a measuring stick and kind of seeing where they're, where they're at. And, and now you got a team now that's actually looking forward to this test where, yeah. you know, maybe a week ago they were probably like, Oh boy, didn't have the same feeling. So this will be a, it's going to be an exciting game to watch for them. Excellent point, uh, Sean Brown on Sports 1440. So, Brownie, uh, and I've used the word hatred. Maybe it's the wrong word to use, but if you go back to last year's playoff series, the Oilers in Vegas were 2-2, and then a couple of lapses in Game 5 and Game 6, plus the Alex Petrangelo slash on Leon Dreisaitl. Is there should there be a little more, you know, because Vegas won the cup, and this is that's the t- that's the bar. That's the you know Vegas has set the tone here in in the sense of th- they are the defending Stanley Cup champions. They beat you last year, knocked you out of the playoffs. So, um, is is that the wrong word that I'm using, or is, is there something that maybe you as a former player would go, okay, this is what we we need to kind of look at in the sense of a uh, I don't know, is it retribution? I don't know what whatever it is, but I still get back to the word hatred. I think the team needs to get a hatred on for this Vegas Golden Knights team. I don't know, maybe I'll maybe I'm out in left field. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think that as a you know as an athlete, any competitive person is looking for different ways to find you know, different motivation to, to play. And, um, you know, Vegas is, is exactly what you said. It's a team that beat them out last year. They're kind of the standard right now. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, that, that makes this game so exciting. Um, you know, this is, you know, guys like McDavid and, and Dreisaitl and, and the great players in the game, they, 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 they want to know where they stand against mm-hmm. the best teams and the best players. They want to play that. Um, so they're coming in at a at a great time, but yeah, I mean, anytime you know, back when I played, you're always looking at the calendar, whether it was a team or a certain maybe player yeah. um, that uh, you know there was there was a little bit of a grudge match or a reason to kind of go a little little further, a little deeper. Um, you know, and Vegas has that. So I just really like the fact that they got uh, you know they that was a tough road trip that they were on. They they uh, obviously got a big big win against Washington. They got another one last night and. And now they're just, we all like the direction that they're going and the confidence I'm sure that uh, we're all seeing. Um, mm-hmm. And now we're, you know, for, for a good team, they got to make a little bit of, uh, they got to go on a little bit of a run here and it's setting up well for them. And they're, they're good players are starting to play quite well. You know, another thing, like Evander Kane had 10 hits last night, so 
I mean, you you probably were watching him closer and then maybe some other guys because of his physicality. And the other one I wanted to ask you about, uh, Brownie, is just to break down a couple of goals. So the third goal was that set play from the faceoff, Darnell Nurse with a really long stretch pass. So uh, when you were playing, would you guys have a little kind of a little quick little discussion before a draw or something like that and say, hey, this could be this could be open. Let's have a look at something happens here if we win the draw. Did you kind of do that as well? Yeah, I think that's more and more in today's game than ever before. Okay. It's, uh, you know, you look at and watch every face-off. The centermen's obviously having conversations with his wingers and defensemen. There's there's a lot of set plays, you know, whether you're just coming, trying to get out of your zone clean or trying to create an offensive opportunity like like Nurse and uh, Nugent Hopkins. You, you know, as a defending team, you always have to be uh, on your toes and, and aware of, you know, those different types of strategies, which is, which is good. I mean, um, you know, for, for all the work, it obviously starts with the centermen. Mm-hmm. The fact that they got the win and the faceoff uh, to begin with was, was good. But, yeah, that's a, that's a skilled play. That was a really nice play by Nurse, you know, throwing a little sauce up the middle to Nuge. And, um, you know, and that's, to me, when they're executing like that, that's, those are characteristics and things that good teams do. And when the Oilers are playing well, those, they do that just as well as anyone else. And you touched on it. I mean, when, they're, when your star players are playing the way they did uh, last night and putting up points, you know, this is a, you know, this, this is a very dangerous team. And then you got, like, you know, you got Nugent, or uh, sorry, uh, Vander Kane running around, yeah. playing, playing physical and, you know, getting fans and engaging his team and Fogle and Hyman. You know, so yeah, they got their mojo. Uh, look out! It should be they should be a fun team to watch here. So, how's this one uh, go for you, Brownie? As a former defenseman, if you see a guy or you feel a guy in a game like Evander Kane, so ten hits last night, really strong on the forecheck, and so you know when you were playing and a guy was kind of doing that against you, how cognizant of that player were you, and what did it do to you trying to, I don't know, retrieve a puck? Um, <laughs> pass a puck out of your own zone. What was that like then? Yeah, I mean, well, certain guys have certain skill sets that are can separate them from other guys. There's guys on, you know, throughout the league that, you know, are physical and are going to finish their check, and, and that's fine. Um, but then you have guys like Kane or back when I played, like, you know, maybe a Brashear or a Steve Webb where, you know, those guys had a little recklessness to them where, it wasn't always going to be clean. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, are they going to come in with an owl, a stick, slew foot? Are they? They just had that that edge where they were just a little bit more unpredictable, a little bit more uncomfortable. And with that, now, like you said, now it starts to, you know, depending on certain guys, it can get in your head. And now that's the difference between, you know, maybe making a a, a crisp pass, tape mm-hmm. to tape, where you're out of your zone in two seconds, or you know, maybe now you're thinking of what you don't want to have happen as opposed to what you want to have happen, and you throw it in the guy's boots or rim the puck, and now you're putting the the winger in a tough situation that he's got to make a skilled play, and now you're stuck in your zone for 20 seconds. So having that unpredictability to you, mm-hmm. that edge, that can't, that's what makes him so valuable is is that he is a little edgy, and then on top of that, he can he can fight, he can handle himself, he can stick up for his teammates. That's those guys are, are very they're valuable. That Tom Wilson's and mm-hmm. you know they're hard to find now. And uh, you know when Kane plays that reckless style of hockey, um, he's very uh, he's very effective because because there's just not a lot of guys that do it. So um, 
you know, I think you appreciate it. I've always appreciated those types of players. But yeah, they're they're definitely it's a lot easier watching them from the press box. Oof, yeah, exactly. That controlled aggression. That's kind of the thing, the key there as well. So, uh, Sean Brown with us on Sports fourteen forty. Uh, the one goal that I had that I don't know last night that kind of impressed me the most because it was a different kind of goal and got a little bit lucky. Uh, but it was the James Hamblin goal. Do you remember that one, Brownie? So it's the five two goal. But the, why I thought it was such a key goal, first of all, it makes it 5-2. But Hamlin, he started the play back behind his own net, kind of, you know, helping out. It was Vinny DeHarnay down there, and he made a really nice play to get the puck to DeHarnay, and then he just was shot out of a cannon and basically just hums all, those, all the way down the ice, you know, and then takes a shot and it's blocked, but... What what have you made? Uh, well, were you that, talking about? Are you talking about the Fogel when he was battling down low below the it, goal line? It should. I think, that's it, what, I think it's Hamlin. I think it's Hamlin that Hamlin was behind the net and he poked the puck just just like right behind the net and DeHarnay got it. They came up the boards and then Hamlin comes in and basically uh, his first shot is blocked and then he he pumps home the rebound. Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah that was. Uh, yeah, I mean, geez, that was... So that was uh, Adam Ernie. Was, so, yeah, so DeHarnay yeah, got yeah. it up to Adam Ernie, and then yeah. Ernie spots Hamlin, who was in full stride, but he started the yeah. play behind the net, if you remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, he's... Uh, I mean, there was... I mean, Fogel was another guy. I mean, those... I mean, when they're working hard defensively, like Hamlin and Fogel, mm-hmm. and there was uh, there was enough guys doing it yesterday. That's obviously why they got the result that they wanted and needed, but... Uh, you know, when you play that honest, hard, hard, you know, defense is, isn't sexy. It's, it's hard work. Offense is, you know, offense is fun. Everyone likes offense. Everyone likes to have the puck, but to, to work hard and get the puck and do what's necessary, you know, the, the heavy lifting is, it's not easy. And the Oilers did that and obviously got the result that they wanted. But yeah, that was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was nice. I mean, I forget the name of the defenseman that went down and blah. I was, I was impressed with the the Anaheim defenseman that actually blocked that, yeah. and then uh, with him sticking with it and and getting his rebound, and you know it was a beautiful shot. But uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, that's the way the Oilers got to play, mm-hmm. and if they're going to have success, they need guys you know lower down in their lineup, you know doing what they did last night because you know McDavid and Drysail are going to for the most part you know they're they're going to do their thing. Um, I think that. You know, the, the McDavid looked excellent again yesterday, and mm-hmm. um, it was just a matter of time before those guys were going to get going. Uh, and now you got some depth guys that now are, you know, bringing the energy and the compete and and doing, you know, getting finding ways to get on the board, and yeah. that's what's going to make this team very dangerous uh, moving forward. Well, I think James Hamlin is doing absolutely everything that he can do to not be taken out of the lineup right now. Uh, you know, he's contributing offensively. He's doing his job defensively. Uh, on that subject, what have you made of uh, Vincent DeHarnay the last couple of games? Got a couple of assists last night too, but, I mean, it yeah. seems that he's sort of finding his way a little bit more right now. What, what have you made of the, the big D-man? Yeah, I mean, I, I like him. He's, uh, you know, he's a big, solid, geez, uh, he's an intimidating-looking guy. Um <laughs> You know, I couldn't imagine being on the ice playing against them. So, yeah, he's got, uh, you know, what the Oilers need on the back end. Um, you know, nice assist there mm-hmm. with McDavid. I guess anytime you get on McDavid, you're just looking to give him a puck, and, and that's exactly what he did. But, yeah, he's, you know what, when he keeps his game really simple, there's, you know, I was watching him yesterday. There was a couple times where, 
you know, he's young and a little inexperienced, and he's he's he's, he's figuring it out. And just you know, a couple plays off of the face off, or a couple simple mm-hmm. plays where you know he puts pucks in the. You know, he's learning where to put some pucks where if he doesn't have a play, they kind of turn into a 50-50 or an opportunity for, for an Oiler player to get the puck. He, he's, you can see him sorting his way through those scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way you get better is by getting in the lineup and getting some opportunities. Uh, so his puck management skills, are you can see they're getting better. Uh, the physicality, obviously, yeah. is why he's in the league. Uh, he's got a good stick, big guy. Um, so yeah, he just has to continue to understand, you know, uh, the right play, the simple play, your first options, your best option, and and if he can do that, um, because of his size and his physicality and the fact that he's willing to to get you know involved physically, uh, he could be he could be a defenseman, you know, on the Oilers and uh, a good defenseman and can really help his team. I think we saw, you know, um, you know, Cody Cece took the puck in the face, so we saw a little more of DeHarnay, you know, at that point of the game. But uh, hey, Brownie, thanks so much for doing this this morning. What do you? What's on tap for the rest of the day? Are you just like carbo loading up for tomorrow's <laughs> alumni skate, or how, how does that work for you? Like, uh, no, I'm actually I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna go tomorrow. Um, oh, really? But I, I've never played so much hockey here lately. I'm I'm helping out. Uh, and uh, for Strathcoe and a minor hockey where my son used to play, and okay. we have a shinny like once a week, so I'm not used to getting this much ice time. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'll hit the gym and <laughs> see. Got a few things that I got to do today, and I don't know. Are you going tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to go tomorrow for sure. Why? Yeah, would, maybe I'll get out you, there. And, why wouldn't I go? I mean, it just everyone gets a good laugh out of me when, you know, you know. <laughs> so why wouldn't I go and just provide that, that quality entertainment for everyone else? Yeah, no, they are a lot of fun. Uh, the Oilers do a great job. Yeah. They do super job taking care of us. It's mm-hmm. a fun. Uh, it's, it's always good to see everyone. Yeah. All right, Brownie, maybe we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for doing this today. Uh, appreciate it. Awesome. Have a good one. Talk to you. All right, that's Sean Brown, the former Edmonton Oiler, and our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Head to FountainTire.com to check out the winter tire lineup and all the brand offerings, plus seasonal tire storage uh when we come back we'll have some open text time maybe a call or two give us a shout 1-833-401-1440 1-833-401-1440 maybe big bry will phone in we'll see how his ankle's doing duke uh, he's he was barely alive last week but he got to see the afternoon game on friday you gotta, you gotta pull the little victories out of anything in life. Yeah, you, you get know. laid up a little bit, and uh, and he he said it was almost like you kind of jinxed him, saying he would be home from work on Friday. But I mean, hey, as long as the injury's not too uh, serious, how are you complaining? He was getting either workman's compensation or whatever. <laughs> Bry was getting the bucks coming in. Uh, <laughs> so we'll get to some of your texts when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program, uh, the standard 740 break, Brian Adams. Any significant meaning behind that one, uh, Duke? No, I just, we hadn't played that one in oh. quite a while, I think. So it's, it's. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't have quite the same uh, jam as maybe some of the other ones that I play more regularly, but this uh, this morning doesn't need quite as much jam because we're not here talking about another <laughs> devastating Oilers loss. We're talking yeah. about a uh, second win in a row, so... No need to really get the the blood fully pumping here on this Monday morning. We can kind of uh, have a little bit more of a, I don't know, yeah, relaxed it's not morning. As, maybe. I mean, 
Again, the uh, toxicity and the venom texts coming in are a lot different. The Oilers with an 8-2 victory over Anaheim last night at Rogers Place. Now the Oilers are seven of their next eight at home, starting tomorrow against Vegas, then Winnipeg. Uh, they go to Winnipeg on Thursday, but then it's six straight at home. Carolina, Minnesota, New Jersey, Chicago, Tampa, and Florida. It's kind of funny how you all, they go on the road, they play all these teams, you know, like Carolina and Tampa and Florida, and um, you play all these teams, and then right away they're back in your building. So this is a situation where the Oilers have uh, a chance to make a little bit of a run here. We talked about goal setting last week and how, okay, well, they were 10 points out of a playoff spot. Can't look at it that way. The way that the division is setting up in the Pacific and I guess the Western Conference and the wild card, look at all three of those variables. The way things set up in that regard is that there are teams that, yes, are running away with things, but those are the teams like Vegas, Vancouver. Those teams are running away with things in the Pacific. But when you look at things on the bottom – that's it's a, just a big muddle fest, really, uh, for teams trying to make a push. We said last week, worry about one thing first. How about passing Minnesota? All right, so they passed Minnesota last night. Minnesota's in a bad funk right now, a really bad funk. So the Oilers with 15 points now. Minnesota's at 14 with the game in hand. However, it can change right away. Next in your sights is Anaheim. Anaheim has 18 points. Calgary's starting to come on a little bit. We'll see what happens with Calgary and Vegas. Hopefully it's, you know, worst case, you don't want a three-point game. But the opportunity is there to look at a short-term goal. Let's let's catch Anaheim now. Now you're talking where teams that are in your sights down the road because there's still lots of games left. You've got 60-plus games uh, to come up with. Uh, text coming in, one 401 The king of Fort Nasty, your buddy, Duke. Good morning, KK and Duke. Uh, great to see Leon pop one from his office. What a pass from McDavid. Very correct power play goal in the third period, and we've seen Leon Dreisaitl have some struggles in that area uh, this year so far. He's fanned on a couple. He's missed the net. Uh, by a wide margins, but he was bang on with that goal last night. A perfect pass by McDavid, really quick shot, quick release, open cage, beats John Gibson, bang. That was the, I mean, the game was over by that point, but now it's 7-2. You've got everybody feeling good about themselves. Dry sidles on the, on the score sheet. Connors gets his fifth point. Bouchard's got a six-game point scoring streak going. Everything is lining up. Everything is shaping up. And now you can rest those guys a little bit, right? They didn't see a lot of ice in the uh, third period. Northside Norm. Great resilience from both the Oilers and my Chiefs. Great day of sports from Northside Norm. The Chiefs say that. What did you think of that game, Duke? Come back. It's 14-0 for Raiders. And then uh, Mahomes kind of goes, get out of the way, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing because, what the Chiefs are capable of when their receivers actually can catch uh, catch the ball. Rasheed Rice with a nice uh, a nice outing yesterday. Kind of like uh, we've talked to a few different Chiefs um, reporters and insiders throughout the yeah. course of the season, and a lot of them kind of saying, "Yeah, like the event by the time the season is out, this guy should be the WR one for this team." And it's kind of starting to look that way. Um, which I mean, I, I don't think anybody ever thought the Chiefs weren't going to win this game, even with that uh, that early lead for the Raiders. But yeah. Um, yeah, the the Chiefs are now basically Baltimore going on to the bye. Uh, 
it's kind of going to be like, well, th- now the Chiefs' opportunity to take back the one seed is still in their own hands basically now. So, And uh, you at hockey last night, so you didn't get to see totally the Sunday night game. Chargers again. Just yeah, no, I don't think I missed pigs. out on much uh, again. Uh, it seems to be a pretty common trend so, on Sunday night football. Just a lot of stinker games, and last night uh, more of the same. And I never caught the very end of the So anyway, it's 13-10. Jason Tucker misses a field goal. Mm-hmm. First one in the history of his life. <laughs> Uh, but you could see the reaction. All of a sudden, the Chargers have life. They have the ball. A couple minutes left. But why, in your NFL expert opinion, why could they not do anything in the last two, three minutes to do? Like, I mean, they have a chance to win the game or to tie it. Well, I mean, why I mean, did they only have 10 points to that point in the night? Like, this is a team that is supposed to be dynamic offensively. And, I mean, uh, I'll see what uh, Connor Halley has to say once he rolls into the Stingray Studios this morning. But... Like, are, are we going to be shocked if, uh, in a matter of another couple Brandon hours, Brandon Staley, Staley is that was uh, my pick from last week is uh, is out uh, looking for a new job? My pick was Ron Rivera, who they lost on Thanksgiving, <laughs> but then they just fired the defensive coordinator instead. Isn't that awesome? Like you pick the guy, and then Rivera's going. Well, I better fire a couple guys just to save my job here. For well, a bit. and that's because coaches can kind of insulate themselves with things like that, whereas Brandon Staley does not. Uh, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, first year guy, um, doubting Dallas, that, yeah. uh, doubting that they would uh, let go of him whereas like Brandon Staley adamant that he's still calling the defensive plays and not giving up that right well when your defense continues to stink and yes they did only give up 20 points but uh, far from um, you know getting the big stop you need I mean you bring the game back to that one score situation then you let the Ravens come back down and mm-hmm. score again so uh, yeah I, I think this might be the uh, the straw that broke the camel's brat back <laughs> here after last night's game that Brandon Staley might be uh, sending out some resumes here by by tonight Text coming in, one 401 Dean says, still not convinced on McLeod. He looks scared. That comes from Dean. Okay, you know, if you looked at it in the first period, there was a time where there was a little flip-flop, and it but didn't last the whole game, though. But James Hamlin was inserted for McLeod uh, for a shift or two. Uh, again, Hamlin... Hamlin is playing better than McLeod right now. If you want to look at productivity, uh, defensive awareness, again, that fifth goal, if you look at that fifth goal last night, that's a situation where um, Hamlin's behind the net. Two guys are battling, and Hamlin is down below the net, a small guy, but he figures a way out to punch the puck. It was a left-handed shot. He just kind of punched it with a backhand blade of his stick. It gets past the net about three, four feet. Now it allows Vinny DeHarnay to release from his battle, from release from his engagement, grab the puck, and he's got time. He's, he's got vision. He can see where the play is because he knows two guys, two Anaheim Duck players are behind him, are behind him in the rearview mirror. All he has to do is get to that puck quickly, so don't dilly-dally around. So he gets to the puck quickly, head up, Look who's right there, Adam Ernie. Outlet pass up along the boards. But if you look at the key to the play, after he made that little poke, James Hamlin goes, okay, I'm not waiting around here. I am getting on my horse. He shot out of the cannon and blasts, you know, through the defensive zone, gets the puck from a nice pass from Ernie in the in the neutral zone, makes the shot. It's the old Elvis Presley return to sender play. Comes off the shin pan. Now he's got an open net. 
beats uh, Lucas Dostal for the fifth goal. Key goal. Now you got a three goal lead because it's 4 2 and. The orders had been outscored 48 to 30 in the second and third periods this year. It gives you some breathing room. Gives you some breathing room. Ranting Rob texts in. Vinny got two points with more ice time. Go, Vinny, go. We talked about it with Sean Brown. Vincent DeHarney makes the play on that James Hamblin little poker uh, behind the net. And that's, again, a goal off the rush. A 200, that's a 200-foot goal if, there, if ever there were one. Uh, hmm. <laughs> Craig and Red Deer, why do you guys spend so much time talking about the lowly Chargers? They're on par with the Bears and Panthers. Well, it was a Sunday <laughs> night football game, for one thing, so it, uh, that would play a role. And they've, they've had quite a bit of primetime action so far they this have. season. And I, I, don't, I think there's just something about teams that when you – and it can go back to the Oilers before this uh, kind of getting things back on track here. It is just two games, but still – when a team has expectations, which the Chargers have had since Justin Herbert has taken over at quarterback, that when you don't meet those expectations, it automatically creates storylines and mm-hmm. news for people like us to to talk about uh, on the radio here. So uh, this uh, the mention from Craig being as a Chiefs fan. <laughs> yeah, we just said the Chiefs are in the one seed. Like they, the destiny's in their hands to once again come on, Craig, get, get the buy and everything. Like. What, what else is there to say about the Chiefs at this point? They came back to beat the Raiders, a game they 100% should Should've win. Won, yeah. The Chargers, I mean, they're, they're a disaster right now. It's, uh, it's bad times down in uh, Southern California. Oh, when we come back, oh, it's a double barrel. Lorianne Munzer, Olympic gold medalist, not former, just Olympic gold medalist. Lorianne Munzer is in the studio. Plus, we'll check in with Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. That's coming up at the top of the hour on the Kevin Carey Show. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. Wear an NFL jersey tonight to the downtown location, and you will get 50% off wings. Here is the Duke with a Sports 1440 update.